Hello, and welcome back to the show, your Ultimate Playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. And that is Taj, and this is Choice Tracks. So, uh, if this is your first time joining, just a quick little recap what we do here. We are a music podcast, and we have a couple different sides to this podcast. Side A is where we pick a theme. And then we pick our favorite choice track based on that theme, a song based on that theme. And then side B is a album that is selected by the host. And we listen to the whole album, have a discussion about that album and pick our favorite choice tracks from that album. So let's go ahead and drop that needle on side A. All right. So this episode, our theme for side A is uh is a type of style a broad style of music called yacht rock yacht rock is something that i greatly enjoy um it's kind of music that i like to listen to sometimes when when i go to sleep um yacht rock is basically it's a type of music that's mostly soft rock from the mid 70s to the mid 80s um, the term was actually coined in 2005 by the makers of an online video series called, uh, I think it was called Yacht Videos. Um, I might be off on that name, but that's basically where that, that term comes from. So we called it soft rock for a long time or maybe easy listening. And now we call it Yacht Rock. Um, Yacht Rock's pretty, basically just kind of a description of what Yacht Rock is. It's, it's more, like I said, it's soft rock. It's more about the melody than the beat. Um, the emotions are kind of light and the song has to be catchy. Um, so anyway, let me go ahead and start with my choice track. Um, the song that I picked is, uh, a song that I love to listen to and, uh, always puts a smile on my face. The song I've selected is from 1972. The song is called Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. This is from their debut album of the same name, Looking Glass. Um, it was actually a pretty big hit uh, back when it came out. It reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I even read that the song was very popular uh, or helped popularize the name Brandy for babies by, in like the, a couple years after that song came out. And, um, you know, because it was a hit. And I, I love the song. The song is basically about a barmaid who serves all these uh, all these sailors on this like coastal coastal town and all the sailors like to flirt with the barmaid but she yearns for this one particular sailor but that sailor is in love with the sea and not her um, you know it's it is it's a catchy song it's it's got a great melody to it um, it was also featured prominently in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 where Kurt Kurt Russell describes the deeper meaning to what the song is about there is like an urban legend what this what what some people think the song's about and the uh, the writer and lead guitarist co-vocalist for the band Elliot Lur has said that that urban legend is not true and he really actually enjoys the deeper meaning that Kurt Russell brings up in Guardians of the Galaxy which I think is awesome and hilarious and it's Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell is phenomenal and if Kurt Russell is telling us that Brandy you're a fine girl is a great song we all listen to to Kurt and um yeah so that's my choice track is Brandy you're a fine girl by Looking Glass so I yeah I love this song I've can't tell you when I first heard it but I've heard it tons of times it's an amazing song um, yeah, it because it, you're trying to put together the story because like it, obviously it's a little fishing town, but the, you're like, is it a port town? Because like the guy sailed to Spain and sailed back at some point, so you're like, what kind of like is it international port or like? But yeah, it's anyways. Yeah, it's amazing song. It, I enjoy it so. Um, but yeah, it, I like how that her eyes look like the sea, but his love was the sea. And, and her eyes weren't enough. He, he needed the whole seat, not just her eyes. So. <laughs> but yeah. 
<clears throat> so I'm just gonna throw this out here. This is a great ass pick. Uh, I can, I can, I know you probably don't want to see yourself in this, but I'm just gonna put this out here right now. I honestly can see you on a boat, you know, on on an actual open part of of a sea of some sort. Um, sitting back with a beer in your hand, with a black shirt on, you know, letting the breeze run through your hair. You know, got the missus sitting on the side. She's chilling out, and you are just listening to Easy Rock smooth soft rock going in the breeze and like this is too cheesy let's get back and listen to a heavy metal band <laughs> that's how i kind of see it but you know just the, the beginning of the setting and how you how you explain yacht rock and what it was about like this totally matches that that thought process now maybe back in the 70s and 80s you had wild boat parties they were playing these songs while they were had like lines of cocaine lined up from girls in bikinis running around but that's a different kind of a different situation. This is all about relaxation, easing the mind, and listening to great music. And this is an example of what great music is. You don't have to have the hardest beat. You don't have to have the, the fastest rhythm. You don't have to have the most up-tempo sound in order to be considered a classic. And this is definitely a classic. So pass out to you, my friend, for picking this topic and that track to go along with it, starting it off. Yeah, it is a great example of what a great hook and a great chorus is, though. Like, like it, that's what you need for a song like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. What did you have to? Hey, you're muted. You're muted. Uh, yeah, no. You're cussing us out with your old Yeah, you're not talking. Yeah. You're, yeah. 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 I was testing I guess, out some different different uh, ways to beat myself, and it looks like I beat myself at the game. <laughs> game. Um, yeah. So uh, the look, yeah, the Looking Glass. I really like their sound. I like his voice. It sounds like uh, very seventies, you know. But like, I think yeah, this does this does really well in soundtracks. Uh, this song's been used more than once, and I know that you know that's where you gravitate to a lot, Brandon. And yeah, it definitely seems like this was a really good pick for you, uh, partly for that reason, you know. But yeah, the seventies for sure. That's got that. It's got that groove. I've heard this song on the radio a lot growing up, but I don't know what every movie that's been in. But I feel like it's been in like a bunch of movies, like comedies or something like that. But yeah, oh, good lyrics. It's a you know these are. These types of songs that have like full lyrics and it's not just a chorus over and over and over again with a couple of riffs and some bass, which is fine. That works sometimes. But yeah, no, this is clever. It's good. Looking glass. Like it. Cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and float to our next choice track. And that will be Damon. What What do you have? All right, so I picked a song that uh, I think reminds me of being on a yacht and rocking out, but also just kind of chilling. My idea of yacht rock is hanging out with a drink in your hand. (laughs) I mean, there's not really much rocking going on, but uh, maybe the boat's rocking. But uh, yeah, so Jimmy Buffett uh, had a song called Margaritaville. Margaritaville was based on a drink that he really liked at a uh, um, a place I don't think is here anymore. What Lungs Coquina del Sur restaurant in Austin, Texas, on Anderson Lane, which is uh, if it's here, then I guess I never never checked out the landmark. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I should have looked into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So where I live is where this song derives. But uh, yeah, Margaritaville. Um, this is a this is a single, and it's also on uh, Changes in Latitudes, and it was released in '77. So that's definitely definitely some old yacht rock right before I was born. So yeah, I can appreciate Jimmy Buffett. I think he's got some really cool stuff. There's a side to me that likes this sometimes, and then there's a side to me that just can't stand. <laughs> too slow of a song or you know this the laid back stuff i just gotta yeah i can't do it all the time but there's a time and place and yeah definitely uh definitely one of my favorites so what'd you guys think of jimmy buffett's margaritaville um i i have to say i'm not much into jimmy buffett i i can't i can't really get into it um i think this is one of his better songs um but i just I'm not, I'm not really on board with that, with his sound. And, uh, I don't know, just for some reason in my head, I'm like, that does not sound peaceful and 
you know, relaxing. I, I just, maybe I just don't like frozen margaritas all that much. I'm not sure what it is, but, uh, like, yeah, I, I'm just like, I mean, I get the popularity of the song and, and I think in the right, like right context, like if I listen to it, maybe while I was hanging out at the beach, I might have a different opinion. But when I'm, uh, when I'm like here on land, uh, Margaritaville doesn't, doesn't do much for me. So, but uh, I, I, I respect his, his talent. And I know that there's a lot of what they call parrot heads out there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not, it's not really ever been for me, but, but I do know that I, I'm pretty sure my dad loves Jimmy Buffett and that's great. That's great. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't love Jimmy Buffett, but I thought, it, I thought it fit well to like what I would picture myself listening to on like a boat or some kind of yacht rocking situation. <laughs> But yeah, and you're not going to be on land if you're on a yacht, so that's that helps a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll sneak a couple of margaritas, and I won't tell you what I'm giving you, and then you'll start liking Jimmy Buffett if you're about three or four. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if yeah, like yeah, if I'm on yeah. the beach or if I'm on a boat and I like a few yeah. drinks, and maybe I might like Jimmy Buffett more. <laughs> so yeah, a few drinks, maybe uh yeah, a boat rocking. I bet movement. that froze. I bet that frozen. <laughs> margarita has to taste really good when you're in when you're getting a cool breeze at the beach yeah that's gonna be day at the beach. Heaven, yeah I've, I've never had that so maybe i'd appreciate it more if uh if i was in that situation until you don't drink any water and then you barf everywhere after three hours in the sun and you're Does like this happened to you fucking buffet oh god <laughs> That's very specific, Damon. Has this this happened probably to has happened to me. I don't know if it was a margarita, but it's like, you know, orange and yellow and red come out. It's probably, it's either you're dying or yeah, you drink so many margaritas in the sun. So, <laughs> yeah, so, get you some. Okay. So, so I'm going to say it, it's a good song. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, this is more like a schooner or a houseboat <laughs> song. This isn't a yacht. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't reach the, the yacht size. Like, it's a smaller boat, you know. <laughs> you know, maybe a party boat, maybe a boat with a little, you know, uh, a little a, a tube on the back of it. Yeah, th- yeah. This, is, this is not yacht size. This is what size. a jet ski pulls. <laughs> this is like you're getting pulled by a jet ski on a float. Exactly. And yeah. then you get tossed off and <laughs> drink a margarita. <laughs> so uh but yeah no it, it's a good song um right. yeah so it, it, it's enjoyable you know you get the point you know i mean you gotta give them pro- give, give them props for liking something in austin yeah but you know no for sure but, but <laughs> the thing is is like th- this is like this is probably the initial version of like closing time like this song is used for any place that sells margaritas <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> you sell margaritas and play <laughs> This this gotta be yeah it's the beachside <laughs> closing time exactly for a uh, 50 something you know single dads yeah or some shit it, well, no, you, wait, you wait till five o'clock for some reason because i'm not sure where he got that quote but you wait till five o'clock and then you play this you know this is that yeah. 5 p.m you know is start of happy hour on the beach yeah five o'clock starts, somewhere yeah. exactly starts it and ends it yeah buddy so i actually have a fond memory of this particular song um reason being i heard it when I was younger, but I never really just paid attention to it. It wasn't until I actually started drinking that you know, I come to have a newfound respect for it. Um, there was a little place off of 35. We've all probably been there at one point in time across from Capitol Plaza called Baby Acapulco. <laughs> and Baby Acapulco was famous for one particular type of margarita called a purple margarita. So much so that they limit you to only have two because it was fairly the strongest margarita that they had. And I can remember just what happened. We were talking about happy hours. Me going to a happy hour at this place called Baby Acapulco and having two of those purple margaritas. And when the second one came around, this Margaritaville song came on. And when I told you that normally the songs that play during that time were like salsa songs or anything having to do with like some kind of um, Latin background. But this particular song came on and everybody in the damn bar started singing. (laughs) Everybody. 
with margaritas in hand and spilling over and the whole night. So, lo and behold, good buddy of mine um, gave me their margarita because they were getting ready to leave and they had just gotten it. And so um, they said, hey, here, take this one. And it was another purple. And it was my third. And I remember singing this song and double fisting one half margarita, one full margarita, and just living the time of my life. Till about 8.30 came around and somehow I wound up in the restaurant. <laughs> and I didn't come out the restaurant until I was closing time. Oh, man. So yeah, I was a lightweight. I was in the stall. I was throwing up. I was on the floor. Um, one of my other coworkers had to come in and try to pick me up and put me in the sink. And, and yeah, I, I wasn't eating any food along with this. So oh. I was completely complete noob when it came to drinking and this was my introduction into margaritas um i wish i was on a boat i wish i would have been throwing up on the side of the ocean rather than in a bathroom stall um i remember getting home and having to thought to myself like why the hell was i on the floor in a public restroom bathroom stall um and then i thought i'll never drink another margarita as long as i live and i cursed that song for coming on for making everybody like it and sing it until the next weekend when it was time to go back to happy hour and i didn't go back i just didn't get another purple but i did go back <laughs> and they did play it again and i did not hate the song because i started singing it again at that point so um i will never never hate this song this is a great song um i kind of feel what you're saying as far as it not being nearly like yacht status but but canoe it's a party, it's a party boat party boat size there we go party boats are big enough you got um, bars on party boats. You got servers serving up drinks on party boats. You got <laughs> coolers with margarita packs in them. Like, you can't go wrong with this particular song. And it fits the bill as far as being on a boat, as far as enjoying life and having fun. So I'm all for it. Nice. Right. So, yeah, quick survey. Who prefers Frozen versus On the Rocks? Right here, baby. Me. <laughs> But I mean, there's frozen. so many drinks that aren't frozen, so you may as well make one of them frozen. Margarita frozen. They have machines that freeze it, and then yeah, people will drink it all. It slower, too. Yeah. I don't babysit drinks, but just for the fact that I know if I take it too fast and I get that damn brain freeze, yeah, I'm, I'm done. So <laughs> gotcha. I, I prefer frozen. It, it helps me monitor okay. myself. Yeah, you're uh, sitting out on a yacht, you know, it's all fucking hot out, or a party boat. It's only appropriate for a party boat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that bitch will last all day if it's frozen. If not, frozen it's kind of warm friends. and gross. I'd probably take it frozen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same here. Okay. I just want to make sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't miss this issue. Frozen. <laughs> Get them yes. rocks out. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to move on. And uh, let's see. Choice track. Diedrich, what do you have? So, my particular Yacht Rock song comes from a band that's not really known for necessarily Yacht Rock, but they are known for Smooth Rock. Uh, smooth Rock, Smooth Pop, Smooth, whatever you want to call it. Uh, these two Buccaneers here were definitely ahead of their time, and uh, so much so that they realized what they had in the bag and, and had to release some stuff. So, um, who I'm talking about is a little group by the name of Hall & Oates. Um, they actually released the album in 76 called Abandoned Luncheonette. And one of the songs on this album uh, became a, a big hit for them. Uh, it became number seven on the charts uh, after another song came out. But surprisingly enough, 76 was not the year that that song was released. Uh, this particular song by the name, the title is called She's Gone. She's gone. She's gone. was actually released in 73. Um, it did mediocre on the charts, and the reason being is because nobody really knew who Holland Oates was at the time. Enter three years later a song called Sarah Smile, and all of a sudden they're all over the place. That rises to the top of the charts. Everybody's loving that song. So they came up with the bright idea of re releasing uh, She's Gone, and they put it on that Abandoned Luncheonette album, and it rose to number seven on the charts right behind it, following up on the Sarah Smile track. And the rest is history because they've dropped hit after hit after hit um especially in the 80s and early 90s they were all over the place you couldn't get by without seeing hollow notes um they're still performing or they were at a particular point in time um and it's just just pure music 
genius um, when you're talking about, you know, just the laid back sound, but the smooth melodies. And yes, you're talking about breakup and heartache, but they, they make it sound so sweet. Like it's not nothing that you can just hang on to and just be upset about. So even if I did break up with my girlfriend and I happened to go on a yacht party, um, I'm going to hear this song. I'm going to take a sip for her and then I'm going to throw the rest of it over the board. And I'm going to grab some tequila shots and have fun with the girls that are there on bikinis. So that's where I'm coming from with it. Y'all tell me what y'all think about Holland Oates. She's gone. So were the versions different? Because I, I listened to the one that was off the 73 album. Uh, the versions were not different. Okay. Uh, there was a little bit, a couple of little bits of it for uh, like the, the the actual uh, instrumentation that was used. It was like remastered a little bit, but for the most part, the sound is still the same. So the, the sax solo is still in, in both of them? It's still, but it's cut down. It's, it's cut, cut down. down in the 76 okay. version. Uh, gotcha. They really wanted to make that radio friendly, so they cut down a, a little bit more on the production side of it. But okay. it's, it's it's all still there. All the notes and key key parts of it are still the same. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, it, I, I liked it. Um, I think I had heard the song before. It, it was really, really enjoyable. Uh, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, you know, that, that sax comes in. You're like, yeah, this is this is smooth rock for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> once you have a sax there, you, you're like, yeah, there's no way you're not smooth rock. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's uh, super enjoyable. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. This is, uh, you know, heck of a breakup song. Like, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I mean, this song definitely defines the word catchy. I mean, you know, like I, I don't necessarily remember all the lyrics, but you definitely remember the chorus, you know. And uh, I, I think it's one of those kind of songs that if it came on at a bar or if you're at a piano bar and someone did this song, like everyone would just wait for that one moment and it would people would belt the crap out of it as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this definitely defines what Yacht Rock is. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a song that's played on that station uh, that I bring up constantly. Uh, the Yacht Rock uh, on Sirius XM. Again, no plug from Sirius, but call us. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a great song, and and um, it's it's interesting, definitely listening to it because you know probably no more Hall and Oates of like the 80s, you know, just because like we were born in the late 70s, you know, so it's like, man, they've been around a long time. You, you don't think about that, but they sure have. And uh, there's a reason why they have longevity, because they can they can make some really catchy tunes. Daniel, what you think, bud? Uh, you can hear me, right? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Hall and Oates, uh, Daryl and um, John. I mean, they're they're pretty damn awesome. I I, I I've liked a lot of Hall and Oates stuff, uh, you know, throughout their albums and their span of uh, music. And this is a good song. Yeah, this is this also like a lot of the stuff that we've been picking. Like it does. They all have been in. I know they've all been in movies. These are all like soundtrack pieces. Uh, these are all shit that like my fucking parents listened to, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> and then I hear it again, and I'm like, "Fine with it." Years later, but as a kid, I don't think I was getting into yacht rock as much. But I do remember seeing like movies with like you know this kind of music or the, these exact pieces in movies that I've seen as a kid and growing up. But yeah, Hall and Oates is great though. I mean, I think in the '80s, like Hall and Oates was like fucking kicking ass you know they they sort of morphed you know a little bit like a lot of these artists uh 70s were just everybody was stoned i guess <laughs> uh and then in the 80s they were on crack or something and they were all pissed at 70s music but uh cocaine 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 that's right okay cocaine so it went from uh pot to cocaine and yes. uh and crack didn't come in until 85 so but okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, until like uh, don't ask me how I know that. Just, just, just until the movie Forty Eight Hours or something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the seventies music is great until it's not. <laughs> when it's when it when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. But that's I think that's like you know disco. We've had our disco episode. We've talked about that. And that's that takes a while to get used to. <laughs> it takes a certain uh, I guess like musical taste to really get into it but once you do get into it or you hear something that you've never heard that's when it's you find that gem and so far we picked gems i mean i like this song a lot so yeah and and i was gonna 
jump back in if it this song in particular like that the opening part uh, kind of reminds me of like it, it's not as long as uh papa is a rolling stone but it has that long intro <laughs> and you're like it, it's gonna start soon i think it's gonna start soon <laughs> and then yeah. and then the the version like i said i listened to the 73 version and the the interesting part is after that sax solo uh it has that octave change and, and, and you can imagine the singer's like, no, I want an octave higher. They go another octave. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I want another octave higher. <laughs> like it goes like three or four times. And then he belts out the, the high note. <laughs> He's gone coming off of that sax yeah. uh, solo. <laughs> and you're like, it's, it's just crazy because they keep like, no, raise it higher. It needs to be higher before I jump in there. Like, yeah, they don't do. I mean, they they pick on that kind of stuff now. You see a lot of like people picking on saxophone music, and yes, yeah. a scene in a movie might have a sax player greased up or something. <laughs> Just don't you know? But yeah, I guess they don't really do that as much now. That was a '70s and '80s thing. I don't, I don't know why. And you know, I could see. I guess I could see this on a yacht. Yeah, see people listening to this on a yacht in the '70s. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I don't know. Yeah, but definitely, like our parents, if they were on a yacht, they'd be listening to this. They may right. be like, getting busy in the back or something. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we have ew, one more. Mom. What? <laughs> you said hey, you're busy in the back. I say, ew, mom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the yacht, the yacht uh, bedroom or whatever the fuck it the is. Boats are rocking. Don't come on that. <laughs> but, but it could be the ocean. Like that makes no sense, you know? Hey, yeah. it's motion in the ocean, baby. <laughs> <sighs> Don't get me started on that shit. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm I'm ready to get off this boat. So, um, Taj, yes. what is your choice track? Um, so my choice track is a song I had heard before. Um, I picked it mainly because of the lyrics. Like it, it stood stood out to me on the lyrics. Um, I'm I I get the yacht rock part kind of. It, I, I'm not sure if I broke the mold because like I mean both like Brandon yours and Dietrich's are both like breakup songs so they're kind of like sad you know uh, Damon's is halfway happy halfway sad because he's like you know it, it, they think that you know some woman left him so he's just drinking himself <laughs> under divorce the days the song for well, divorce wrong. yeah so he's drunk yeah, yeah. It, my, mine is like a happy song <laughs> so like did I not pick the right Yacht Rock I mean I think it meets Yacht Rock but it's like it's the one optimistic song. That's the right song for your yacht. <laughs> your yacht ride is at the beginning of the boat ride when everybody is happy, go lucky, and cheering. Oh, okay. And then the liquor starts kicking in around somewhere around <laughs> Margaritaville. <laughs> Yeah. Then that's where it starts going south by us. And by the time I, we get back yeah. on dock, we're ready to go home. <laughs> right. I, My I, actual yacht's yeah, gonna be playing Pantera or some shit, but <laughs> I'll go with it for the episode. But <laughs> it always brings me to the Dawn of the Dead, the remake. That's I think of a yacht. That's what I. That's the yacht I think of. Okay. I want to be on that yacht. All right. So so my yacht rock song uh is actually a duo, uh, which I did not realize this artist was in a duo. Uh, but it's called uh Danny Song and it's by Kenny Loggins and uh Messina and it's uh, Jim Messina. So even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with money and everything will bring a change. Uh, Loggins and Messina was the actual artist on the song. So, uh, yeah, it's just like, I love the song. Like, it's soft rock, super optimistic, you know, talks about how, you know, he, he met the love of his life and now, you know, where there was a family, there is a family, they have a kid, you know, like the, like the whole picture and the story of it. And it's like, they don't got money, but they got each other and that's all you need, you know? And, and that, and that, and I think that's kind of where the yacht rock part fits in because for me, me anything that is yacht rock is something that you pl- you play because you went out into the ocean to get away from everything like that's the point of a yacht rock song is something that you play so you can be out in the middle of the ocean to get away from everything and and that's kind of what this is it's like they don't need money they just need to be in the middle of the ocean with their love playing this song <laughs> 
until the engine runs out of gas and then no, you, no way you, to get back on. You just live off the ocean. You just fish, eat the fish, just go where the ocean takes you. You don't care. The sun and the wind will provide. Yeah, that's what about fresh water? Uh, rain, rain. You, you wait till it rains and you capture the rain in the buckets. Yeah, <laughs> you can drink the rain when it in the ocean. You just can't drink out the ocean. So you're saying we're just going off the grid? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bingo. I mean, you, you have no money. I mean, that's the point of this song. You have no money. All you got is your love. So might as well go off the grid, right? This is this isn't a song for like, hey, let me go work in corporate America and get a suit on. <laughs> get eight to five. Interesting. So your yacht rock is basically living on the boat. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's why it's a yacht. It's big enough to live on, right? I don't have a yacht, so I can't take it. <laughs> Well, let me let me call Jerry Jones and ask him about his. He's on there all the time. We'll, we'll okay. see what he about it. Okay. Um, let me start off. You're right. This is a happy go lucky song. It's got a twisted, demented part to it that you just explained to us. Um, but outside of that, uh, it's a feel good. You know, it, it, it's definitely along the yacht rock feeling. Um, it's just a little bit more on the happier side before the liquor kicks in. Um, but I definitely understand why you picked this song because it's, it is very upbeatish. It is have, you know, all the major chords in it and everything feels good. Sounds good. So I got no issues with this. Um, everybody needs a good start off song before they start going down that rabbit hole of, of desperation and despair. So yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, and I, you know, this is another example where I, you know, I think the chorus is really familiar and, and really catchy. And, uh, like, it's one of those kind of songs for me. It's everything is fine when you listen to it. And then you get to that chorus and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. This part's really great. And the rest of the stuff is fine. There's a story. Cool. But I really just want to get to that, that chorus part. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I, I think this is a good choice. Uh, you know, I think, I think you found a, a song that definitely would be that, that is considered yacht rock, soft rock. Um, you definitely should listen to more it just it just makes you happy you know and um yeah yeah this is a good choice thank you what you got Dave? yeah you're still yeah so uh yeah pretty pretty good song i think i've yeah this is in tv shows and movies and yeah it's uh it's not not a party boat but it's a yacht it's a yacht boat is this good for a yacht this is good for a cruising like with your family or Polo shirts and short shorts. Yeah, yeah that's right up that alley. Yeah. <laughs> this, so this is a... Uh... <laughs> it, this is good for, for after you learned your lessons from Captain Ron and you're you're just living off the, the sea and island hopping, you know. Wearing your sperries and you <laughs> jump off the boat. Yeah. Come back on wearing somebody else's sandals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Yeah, Kenny Loggins has got he's got a lot of really good stuff that's not like later on, you know, just like Holland Oats. I think I like their eighties stuff a little bit better. But seventies is an acquired taste. But this song is definitely a uh, very popular I think we've all picked really popular songs. Um, but uh this is um this is something I heard over and over again. And then you know, after a while you just don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> Not my favorite song, but uh like I said, I like I like Kenny Loggins a little bit later. But um yeah, no, I think it's uh it's definitely appropriate for yacht rock. I think it's a good cruising cruising with your family, you know, that kind of that kind of music. For sure. Yeah. Well thank you. So um I think that does it for uh, these songs have been on sale. This boat, I think it's right to come into dock and, you know, finally uh, get that record, flip it over and drop the needle on side B. Everybody okay with that? All right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, yeah. hand this over to Brian. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, he's going to take us someplace special. You know, he said he had a concert for us to go to. Right, Brandon? That's right. I'm taking you guys to the paradise. <laughs> so, um, yeah. This was always an album that I wanted to, to, you know, either introduce or reintroduce to, to you guys. Um, and we, Diedrich has already, uh, selected a motion picture soundtrack album by the same artist that I'm going to be talking about. And the, the artist was Paul Williams. We had done an earlier episode where we had a discussion about the, 
Bugsy and Malone motion picture soundtrack by Paul Williams. Well, Paul Williams also, I mean, Paul Williams was pro- is prolific artist, right? And mm-hmm. he did many, many different soundtracks. Um, this one is my favorite. And the album that, uh, that we all listened to was the motion picture soundtrack to the 1974 movie Phantom of the Paradise. Um, Phantom of the Paradise is a movie that I love and adore. This is a movie that is comfort, comfort food for me. Um, it was, it, it's a film that came out in 1974, directed, written and directed by Brian De Palma. And the words and music to the film are by Paul Williams. Phantom of the Paradise is a rock musical horror comedy. It wears its genres on its sleeve. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise is a hybrid movie. It, it's like a modern day setting in 1974, but it has, it has a familiarity of Phantom of the Opera, the picture of Dorian Gray. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and then Faust. Faust plays also a huge part of, of the film. Uh, and the songs do too. Um, basically just a quick rundown of the, what the movie's about. Basically the movie is about a musician composer named Winslow Leach who wants his music to be heard. And there is a music producer named Swan who is trying to open up a venue called the Paradise. And basically, Swan ends up stealing his music and leaving Winslow Leach for dead. And Leach comes back and he haunts the Phantom. And or the, I'm sorry, the Paradise. And Winslow Leach is now the Phantom. And the Phantom will kill anybody who does his music other than the Phoenix, who is played by Jessica Harper. Um, and all sorts of stuff ensues. I'm not going to go into all the details. Um, this is more about the music, I guess. Though, you know, the music, movie and the music go one, go, are, go hand in hand. The other thing that's really cool about the movie is that Swan, the music producer, is played by none other than Paul Williams. Paul Williams not only wrote the music, but he also had a starring role in the movie as well. Um, man, I feel like I'm off track, so I'm going to try to bring it back. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. The, the movie itself, when it came out, was a bomb. And there were, there were so many negative, uh, critical responses to the film. Um, in, in like it, retrospect, you know, there, there's a lot more appreciation for, for this movie, even though the, the, uh, movie was a bomb. It actually was nominated for an Oscar and Golden Globe for the score to the movie. Um, which is really baffling to me. Like I, I thought everyone hated this movie when it came out, but it still got nominated for, for an Oscar and Golden Globe. Um, so anyway, the, the music in the movie is there's, there's so many different kinds of sounds in it. Like just, just imagine like the movie has different artists in it, different type of genre musicians in, in the film. Um, you have kind of a fifties throwback song. You kind of have a, a beach song. You have the 1970s shock rocker song. Um, you have the, you know, the singer songwriter song. Um, and some of the songs are, are actually sort of about the, I mean, a lot of the songs are basically the songs that Winslow Leach had written. Uh, and he was trying to do like a rock opera version of the story Faust. And Fan of the Paradise is also telling the same story of Faust as well. Man, I am rambling. Um, no, you're fine. All right. So just really quick. I just, this is a movie that I friggin' love and adore. I saw this movie for the first time back on VHS in college. Uh, it was not the greatest copy and I wasn't quite sure what was happening, but I remember thinking, I think I like this movie. And then, um, I remember buying the DVD and it was a whole new experience. Um, I've had many different versions on physical media throughout the years. This is a movie that I probably watch once or twice a year. Uh, again, it's, it's comfort movie, uh, comfort food for me. Um, I love the movie, but I equally love the music as well. Um, because there are many different kind of genres, uh, many different kind of songs on here. Um, Paul Williams is phenomenal. 
Paul Williams also sings on quite a few of the songs as well, uh, along with uh, different artists. Even even William Finley, who plays Leech, uh, Winslow Leech, has uh, a, good, a song on there. Jessica Harper, who plays Phoenix, has a few songs on here. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to stop now. Uh and see what you guys thought. Uh, hopefully you watched the movie. If you didn't, maybe the album wouldn't make as much sense, but I think the album st- can stand on its own without you seeing the movie. But certainly the movie does help as well. Um, and the song that I selected, I love every song from this album. Um, but the one that I'm going to go with is actually the last track on the album, and that's uh, Hell of It. Winter comes and the winds blow colder Well, some grow wiser, you just grew older You never listened anyway, and that's the hell of it Um... I friggin' love that song. It's used so well uh, during during the credits at the end of the movie. Um, Hell of It is is my my favorite track, but I love everything about this. I mean, I, I can go on and on about this movie. I am rambling. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What did you think of Phantom of the Paradise? All right. I, I, I'll jump in. So, uh, so I did watch the movie. Um, I couldn't find a place to stream, so I ended up... I knew I didn't couldn't watch it in 48 hours, so I ended up buying it. Um, I will admit, I only got to watch the movie once. Um, it did help. Um, I listened to the album twice. Um, man, so it, I will say it, it was like Bugsy. I, I love Bugsy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love Bugsy. I do like this album. It's not... And I do like the movie. It's very acquired taste, though. It's not... And the thing is that, like, I think what would help the movie is the second time through, because I could already see it on the first watch through. There's so much stuff happening in the background. Like, once you know the story, once you watch it the first time, you're pretty much watching it for the stuff in the background, because they layer so much stuff in the background. You're like, what the heck is the drummer doing (laughs) with the girl on the table? (laughs) You're like... And, and yet they're playing this this fifties rock song, and and the interesting thing is like like they're original, they're catchy, but they're also kind of like a parody. Like especially that fifties rock song and the beat song, like there's such such like such parodies of that genre. But yet it's still a good song, you know. And you can see how it's a hit. Um, yeah, it, when you get to the the phantom parts and then the singer songwriter, like like. Yeah, he just, you know, he he can rip his heart out and show it to you. And th- those songs are, you know, yeah, they're a little bit slow and but I enjoy them. I, I like them um, a, a lot. Uh, th- there was what was interesting was seeing in the movie because it's not on the album is that one song where he has like four different genres of music singing the same song. <laughs> and then he, he settles on going for the the the. Uh, what you call the 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 shock the shock rocker yeah which, beef beef man which by the way beef no I, I, beef should not have died he had the right idea he should have kept going so i i love that character oh, poor beef yeah <laughs> he did not deserve that so uh but yeah uh if i had to pick uh i was kind of hoping everybody else would go so i could narrow down my pick um i guess i'll probably I, i'll do the phantoms theme to work it out, I let them in. All the good guys and the bad guys. It, it, that one just, yeah, the lyrics on there. And, and it's just like a, a whole, like, I'm going to take my good side and my bad side and put it all together and be me. You're like, shit. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, uh, but, but I, I like that one. So. <laughs> I'm glad you watched it, Tosh. Okay, thank you. It, and and I understand it's an acquired taste. It was a movie that like grew on me the more I watched it, and now I love it. Yeah, I knew of this. I do of this uh, movie before, but I haven't seen it. I, I have seen scenes from it, but um, I, I believe that uh, Paul Williams does Planet of the Apes as well, right? Does he act in? Does the music for that? Some of that too. Um, I don't think he ever did the music, but he did he act. In, oh, okay. He did act. He acted in one of them. Yeah, he did. Um, I thought he helped with with composing, but uh, yeah, for this this movie is definitely a parody to the '70s rock opera style, and you know, definitely I could see a lot of Rocky Horror Picture in this. 
some of the characters, the female lead, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. So it's got that like really cool story, but yet it's whacked out. It's goofy. It's fun, funny. Paul Williams is great. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. So yeah. And this beef character is so weird. <laughs> All the characters in the movie are weird. Um, the Phantom is like, I just think it's so weird, like funny that Paul Williams takes on this persona, this character that's like directing the Phantom to go get people. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's unique. <laughs> and I think, you know, he shows that he's got like different sides of, of you know, his talent, you know, that he's like, I guess like a, it's eccentric um, musician that, you know, brings, he brings out his visuals in these films. So really wacky, man. Um, and there's definitely some yacht rock going on. <laughs> So appropriate for this theme, for this uh, episode. I liked, I liked old souls. The second Faust. Let's go. Uh, yeah, no, that's good, man. This is like a really good pick. I got to watch the movie. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to watch it this weekend. But yeah, I, I like it for sure. <laughs> Do you have a pick? Yeah, well, those were my. Oh, okay. Old Souls. Old Souls. I'll pick Old Souls because okay. I, I like the, uh, the guitar. Okay. So, you know, I'm a Paulie Williams fan. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to try to go down that rabbit hole of all the stuff that he's done. To me, he's, he's a musical genius in his own right. And uh, you will find very few people that will be able to argue against that. So we're just going to put that right there. You know? but, and for this particular soundtrack, I did not get to see the movie. Um, I'm just going to say that up front. I need to go and watch the movie um, in order to get the full scope of everything that's going on. And I know it's going to be weird. I, I know off top it's going to be weird. But it's going to be the kind of weird that I can appreciate only for the simple fact of the music, any kind that he touches music, it relates so well to the actual movie that he's doing it for or to the actual um, purpose of which he's bringing it to. Um, it's, it's almost like you don't have to necessarily watch the movie in order to feel the music. Um, but if you do, it's just going to combine the two together and it's going to make a great thing. That's why I love Bucky Mall so much. That's the fact of, you know, listening to the soundtrack, you hear the soundtrack throughout the movie and yet you can feel the power coming off of each song. You know, and he did all the voices and everything. So it was like kind of crazy. Um, in this situation, you know, it was a, it was a mixture of a soundtrack. You had different people coming in and singing different songs, different parts. Um, what I would say is my favorite two tracks on here would be, uh, the second Faust one done by Paul Williams himself. And hell of it. Hell of it is just there, bro. That that first guitar lick coming in is like everything I need to listen to and then some. And then it just goes on a smooth path. And then from there, it's just like you can tell that it's supposed to be a touch of, of like, like I, I'm trying to explain or trying to find a word to explain it. It's if you don't know it's a play on a horror film or a play on a horror story, so to speak, you don't get that throughout like most of the soundtrack, but hell of it, that, that hits that tone, that hits that raw nerve, and it's like, okay, something devious is going on here, and that in itself is right there, that track by itself, is making me want to go see the movie, not much more, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to rent it from you, uh, Brandon, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, drop some, some lollipops in the, in the tray, and then uh, we can go from there, but yeah, man, I, I got to watch that. I gotta watch it just so I can get the full encompassment of what's all going on here. Um, but the sound itself, you know, phonetically, it's everything is beautiful. Like you cannot argue that this was a well produced, well put together masterpiece of a soundtrack. And if it fits the movie as well as I think it's going to, then um, you know, it, it would surprise me. And you know what? You said something earlier and it did not surprise me. And you were saying how the movie bombed because I think it was like an artistic point of view and not everybody can get with the artistic point of view. But 
everybody can get with Paul Williams. So just for the fact of him being on top of the soundtrack, that probably moves some some motions where people weren't really thinking about trying to put the movie up there, but everything just kind of matched so well together that you couldn't deny it. So that's where I'm coming from with it. But when it's all said and done, hell of a pick, man. I did not see this one coming. It hit me from left field, and I'm glad that you know, I let that home run get out over the base. So I'm cool. So we're good. Yeah. Sweet. So the, just the hell of it is the closing credit song, just like how Bugsy had that one song that played on the closing credits. It could have been anything that we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, exa- exactly. It, and it's one of those things where you're like, it, it kind of recaps. It doesn't recap, but it like encapsulates what the movie was about or at least what it ended about. And you're like, mm-hmm. It like it, it's one of those things because like most movies now they like closing credit songs aren't really you know the opening track is the the more important one the closing credits right. is like this eh, everybody just, walking out just yeah care it, what it is yeah yeah pick, pick something that's poppy that you know that, that you know that came out a couple of years ago that you know but yeah so that's the cool cool sweet well awesome guys well um all right that's two Paul Williams albums. Will there be more in the future? Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, man. All right. Well, before we pick up that needle, Diedrich, you have homework for us for next time. Yes, I do. Um, I've been pondering over this for quite some time. I've had a couple of albums that I wanted to put into the mix. So I think I'm going to start it off by saying this particular album is one of those that's kind of near and dear to my heart only because it encompasses a certain sound that I think our next episode is 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 inquiring about. So uh, without further ado, I want everybody that's listening to go listen to 2014's Mac DeMarco Salad Days. Yes, salad is in the salad you eat. D-A-Y-S Mark Mac DeMarco M-A-C Mac DeMarco Salad Days 2014. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I, I like it. I like a nice salad. Do you like a fruit salad or regular green salad? Oh, regular. Uh, I can throw some fruit up in there, but for the most part, I'm not trying to have a smorgasbord of, of different stuff. Maybe a couple cranberries, a couple of you know, little strawberries here and there. But for, yeah, just give me the regular salad. Chicken? No chicken? I can do it without. And I don't have to have dressing either. I, ah. can, I can literally eat the salad by itself because I like all the flavors that's in there already. I got you. Got you. you like to toss your salad? Toss it up? <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's personal. I do not like my salad toss. No, sir. <laughs> Keep that bitch straight. <laughs> it ain't tougher nothing. Throw some spices in there. Uh, guys, oh, yeah. you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go and wrap this up. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is Choice Tracks. Uh, you can find this on our website, uh, choicetracks.com. We end with a Z. Or you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Again, we end with a Z. We have matching playlists on Spotify and Pandora. So please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go and sign out. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm the captain of this boat. I'm just letting you know right now that we're going to be docking here soon. But as you uh, button up and getting ready to pull into port, just to let you know, we love you and we always love you. And we expect you to come back. Back to the love boat. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just like, my name is Dietrich and uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but y'all can spin in those choice tracks. <laughs>